Breaking news. A psychic gnome has escaped from prison. It is a small medium at large. What up, everybody? Welcome to episode 48 of the MTG Untapped podcast. I am your host. I am the Micah, and joining me as always he is my friend and yours. He is Costa. How are you? I'm doing great. I didn't realize uh, <laughs> gnomes could be small mediums that are at large. That's uh, pretty catchy there. That was a joke uh, emailed to me today by my father. Is a <laughs> that is such a dad, dad joke. joke. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's good. All right, let's get into it. We're gonna phase back in and uh, happy Spider Man week to all of you who celebrate. Oh, uh, man. I believe you celebrate. Oh my god, I, you're well, you're celebrating harder than me because you actually have tickets for t- uh, today. No, I do right? not. Oh, wait, I think you had them. No, I think uh, I don't remember who because we were talking about it last night, but actually, because we're still waiting to see if um, friend of the podcast, uh, Anthony is going to be able to come up to town so that our little click can all see it together. What day um, do you think you'll be going? Just out of curiosity. We were hoping for Saturday. Cause like, uh, other friend of the podcast, Trey, he has a wedding to go to on Sunday. Dang. And then I, I have church Sunday morning. And then he has another thing on Saturday evening. And so it was like, we're trying to hopefully go like Saturday morning. Oh, Saturday morning. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Dang. Yeah. So, we have- or early afternoon. Cause we got, we got like two Christmas parties to go to darn, darn. I was, I actually wanted to go with you cause I've never actually seen a movie with you. I knew you didn't know what Trey in them, but, but anyways, back to it. Yes, dude. I am super stoked for Spider-Man. Oh my God. It's actually, uh, for anyone who, uh, has seen it already. Cause you know, this podcast comes out Friday morning. Anyone who was lucky enough to go see it on Tuesday night. Why don't you just shoot us an email? Shoot us a, a tweeter about what you thought about the movie at mg untapped pod or at the untapped mailbag at gmail.com uh yeah i'm really looking forward to it uh it seems like it's gonna be a, a big and important player in like the mcu going forward uh we've talked about uh how we think there's gonna be like three distinct pathways there's like this like small thunderboltsy what's going on like hawkeye the black widow that level of thing and then there's the cosmic thing like we saw with eternals and then there's like the whole multiverse thing with like Loki and then that like Doctor Strange and Let's, apparently Spider-Man. Uh, I, I, so can't really remember, to it. I can't remember if we talked like talked talked about it, but do you want to shoot out some some possible ideas of what's about to happen? Because I because I, I obviously like I see a few things here and there or whatever, and it's like never anything really conclusive. They're just like really cool ideas. You want to shoot some? Sure. We really need to do the whole MCU on tap thing. No, I'm about uh, it. I'm <laughs> about it. Just, I mean, and I'm not like a huge, I mean, I wish I was like a bigger, like comic book head and knew a lot, but I kind of like being, it's kind of like my love for Harry Potter. I've never read the books, but I love the movies. Right. So I'm, I'm like actually invested into like the Harry Potter universe. So the same thing with Marvel, like I really didn't read comics when I was growing up, but I'm super invested in, in like how it all plays out. And, and Jonesy, uh, you know, he's, you know big into that samson's really big into that so um i always get like some cool secondhand information from them um uh, yeah i'm in kind of in the same boat as you i didn't really i don't like read comic books but the whole mcu has like got me fully invested into like their whole narrative and where they're going to go with the story but yeah so like i think i'm i feel like somehow like the whole three different uh like directions of like the like a earth goings on then uh cosmic and then multiverse i feel like they all have to collide somehow and maybe that'll end up being how they end up doing galactus or something because i feel like somehow like the whole like cosmic thing is going to come to a head like the whole like spoiler alert i guess if you haven't seen eternals by now like the whole like arshim at the end of eternals and his like ominous like warning or whatever like that all come to a head. I know. I, I know. I made my whole like. I don't know if I did that on the podcast. My whole pitch and spiel about how I think they could do that and like retcon certain characters and the other kinds of things that they aren't necessarily in the comics. But like, that and like multiverse because like the nature of like Galactus in the comics where he was like part of like a different like a past universe that like, he's like a, the remnant of like a being from then in the like our universe or whatever. Right. And then, like, 
something happens on like the whole like earth based thing or like going on with Hawkeye. Have you seen the latest Hawkeye, by the way? No, I'm still on episode one right now. That's My right. Wife yeah, we gotta catch up. Uh, gotta yeah, catch I'm, up. I'm hyped for the season finale next week. You need to catch up by then. Is um, it? So it's only six episodes. Yep. Okay. Cool. And then after that, we get Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah. But uh, so I think somehow they all need to like converge, and I feel like Galactus would be mm-hmm. like a good way of doing that because like he's like a cosmic being, but he's also like multiverse origins, and um, I don't know how like all the smaller stuff is. In, that's actually some of the more interesting stuff, especially if they bring in certain characters that people are now saying that they might be right. Uh, yeah. But I think most of that's going to be like the, the Disney plus series. And then like the other two will be the movies. I'm looking forward to, so I've seen a couple of things um, and maybe you've seen the same thing, but uh, they're drawing a lot of comparisons between the statue of Liberty scene from spider-man they keep teasing and then the first uh x-men i don't know if you've seen oh yeah I've seen that. so i'm just waiting how I, like i keep trying to figure out or you know theorize like okay how are they going to introduce the x-men and that does seem it's either like with this spider-man or the or the multiverse of madness that seems such a smooth way of doing this. And that's actually kind of the cool thing. Like, uh, you know, we, we keep kind of talking about this, but like the comparison of like DC and I get like, I haven't seen the Zack Snyder cut still, but I know the Zack Snyder cut was really well, well, like really well done, like blew the pants off of the, the one they released the theatrical version, but just overall how Marvel has been able to just subtly maneuver. And now the multiverse thing, like I was a little worried that, you know, when they started introducing this, that it would just be like, Oh, we can make any kind of mistake and then we'll go back and fix it. And sure. That kind of is the case, but they've done such a really good job of making it so natural that it's, it doesn't feel like a, a, a mistake or, or what do they call it? Like a, when they have to, Retcon. yeah, it, it just feels very natural to the storytelling. And so I'm looking forward to see if, if any of that kind of comes in here. You know, I don't think we're going to see Wolverine or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but this might lead into how we incorporate, you know, those other characters. And of course, Venom, uh, I'm, I'm really, cause I uh, spoil alert here, but uh, you saw the end of carnage, right? Let there be carnage. I haven't seen that movie. No, but I know. I know the. I've seen the like post credit scene on YouTube. Okay, okay. So you know basically that he gets sucked into that world at the end of the movie, basically, or it's, yeah, it would appear. Like J. Jonah Jameson. On yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I hope he makes an appearance because uh, he's my favorite anti-hero. Uh, actually, really, he's kind of a hero to me. But anyways, <laughs> I, th- I wonder what that says about you. Uh, I think. If they do anything sort of like with the X-Men, that'll be more Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness because it has Scarlet Witch in it. Mm-hmm. She's like, the, they made a big point. She's like the Nexus being or whatever in WandaVision. Right. But um, yeah, I was like, I'm super excited for Spider-Man. I'm really interested because it's like, because like all throughout the old movies, like we knew where it was going. It's going to be Thanos and Infinity Stones ever since like uh, uh, OG Avengers. And now it's like, we don't really know where they're going. And so that's kind of both exciting and also has a lot of people nervous. Let me ask you this. So I I still, I'm trying to wrap my head around. I forgot what I was just watching too. That was kind of talking. Oh, I think it was um, like a screen rant video, whatever. And it's talking about like how powerful, and obviously we know like the infinity stones really powerful and important, but then, you know, when you watch uh, Loki and there's 50 billion in a chest drawer and it's just like they're just whatever trinkets is it that they are very powerful but the ones that they've extracted from the variants are just like non-player pieces because i'm still trying to wrap my head around like it almost feels again and we've talked about this too like where i felt like the whole thanos thing was almost irrelevant and maybe it ties into like he was trying to stop the um the emergence of uh i forget the one that was in the earth well, it's not just Earth. It's just like, because that's or, what like, some people are saying is like, in like, maybe Thanos was trying to stop like celestials emerging like all over the universe. Right. That's what he did he, when he snapped. It was like all life in the universe. So they're like, maybe Thanos, because he is the 
Because he's like part eternal, whatever. Right, he's part eternal, part deviant. So it's like, well, like he's an eternal with a deviant gene. Is like Mm. in the comics, that's that's how they say. But it's like I think like in this they'll say like, because obviously like his planet died, so I think they'll say like his father. I forget his name. His father is, but uh, like they like failed to like foster the planet properly for the for the emergence to happen on their planet. So that's how they'll, they'll explain that, and then like eventually, like, because like at the another spoiler for Eternals that his father similar like had like the whole like Cersei and the Sprite interaction that he used like his Eternals power to like turn himself like human and like wife or whatever so that they could have children. That's the question: is, like, how do Eternals have kids? They they're not supposed to be able to do that, right? Yeah, they just uh, uh, they just get that last pump in before. Uh... <laughs> and so they will. Uh, explain it like that and i actually lost track of like was your original statement oh uh just like the affinity stones and like how oh. how important they are into each multiverse I don't, or... I don't think they're important anymore but i think that's like they were like paper they made that throwaway joke in loki mm-hmm. like paperweights now just because like they don't because they're like they're like the six stones that govern the elements of reality but they weren't in the reality that mm-hmm. time they're in like this other like side area gotcha all right one last little thing is that you might want to switch over here what is your opinion on that everything that's happening now is do like the and it's hard to say like because the whole time space continuum thing like if you think like you know time there's no past or present it's all in the same line or whatever so the reason that Spider-Man or that Dr. Strange is able to tap into the multiverse or whatever is because of, um, Loki's, uh, what's her name? Surfy or the, the the Loki um, variant. Oh my gosh. Now I'm something like that. Safi Eric's daughter, whatever her name is. She, you know, she's, you know, she kills King and then now we're entering into the King, the conqueror universe, or he's going to be the, the TVA controller. Cause that was an interesting point. It's like, if you can never really tap into your full potential because someone's always controlling the outcome, then it kind of makes this weird way of like, then you're right. The, 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 the infinity stones aren't, um, Sylvie, Sylvie. Thank you. Uh, they're, they don't do anything right. Because you're, you're only controlled what you're supposed to do with them, whatever. So now it's like, you know, the cat's out of the bag kind of thing. And now you can kind of do whatever you want in this new multiverse. I thought that was very interesting. Um, I don't know what your take on it is, but that was kind of a cool concept to think about. Like, Dr. Strange is only able to tap into other universes now because of they're all merging or whatever. Yeah. It's a good because I was about to say, cause they didn't really mention the multiverse until, uh, after Loki. But, uh, uh, I thought the first, the first mention was in, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man far, from home. far from home. Yeah. But that, that was fake though. It was fake. It was fake, but, but, but they're still saying like conception, like the, it was mentioned, but mm-hmm. it wasn't established like this is a thing. No, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and that, that's just one thing I hope they really explain in uh, Doctor Strange. Well, you say it wasn't confirmed, but because they knew the direction they were going in, it's possible that that was really. Ob- meant- I mean, obviously they knew. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Canonically, in uh, the story of it all. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's like the multiverse was like mentioned. It's like you're like and like even like Spider Man's like oh, so that's real. It's only been theoretical up until this point, right? And then, um, but it's not actually a thing until um, Loki and all the spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But I really I'm looking forward to next week when we get to give our thoughts on Spider Man. Hopefully, we'll both have seen uh, it by then. I'll, yeah. ma- I'll make sure I see it by then. I'm gonna try to too, obviously. So. All right, after that extended phase-in, we're going to have an even more extended uh, untap step. We are talking about matches that we played over the past week. Uh, I didn't really have anything exciting in terms of like me playing like on Arena. So uh, this is also kind of our first like main topic of the show. And so we all got together last night at uh, Junior's Comics and Cards located on Slaughter and 
William, not William Cannon, Manchaca, Manchaca, in South Manchaca. Austin, near the H, in the shopping center with that HUB over there, tucked into the corner, uh, Junior's Conference and Cards. Um, and we got to play a certain man's Innistrad cube for the first time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. properly drafting it. And uh, I had a great time, but Coast, why don't you start off by telling us about the origins of your cube, how it came together. Yeah, so, so I've kind of mentioned it a couple times before, but um, obviously I didn't play original Innistrad, and so I just never, you know, I never experienced what everyone else kept saying was possibly the greatest draft format of all time. And so, uh, you know, I just was always like, yeah, Innistrad's okay. Because I remember when I like first played Innistrad, it actually it was really funny because like the art and stuff right now, um, is really enticing to me, but in the beginning, I wasn't a fan of it. Like it was very, and I've brought this up too. things that are, feel gray to me, um, that aren't vibrant in color and stuff like that. They, I don't know. It's very boring to me and dull. Um, so I, it just never appealed to me. Right. It just didn't have these vibrant colors and whatnot. And so now, um, you know, for fast forward past, original Innistrad block past Eldridge moon and all that, which again, I skipped because I didn't care for the first one or so let me backtrack a little bit. Not only did I not play cause I didn't care for Innistrad. I was also like out of magic for a little bit at that time too. And so it kind of happened again when this new Innistrad or sorry, the uh, uh, shadows of Innistrad came out. It's kind of in the same place. And then finally, for whatever reason, I was really enticed. Uh, I think just the artwork from the midnight hunt and, and that kind of stuff. And then listening to the storyline, um, kind of got me back into it. So here we are, we're doing midnight hunt. I'm getting super jazz. I'm like, you know what? There's like seven sets for me to choose from. Let's just go ahead and do an Innistrad cube. Um, and I had heard some other people talking about, um, the werewolf mechanic, like, Oh, but you know, the werewolves, the old and new are going to be hard to balance. So I've chosen to re-add my uh, werewolves to all have the day bound night bound cycle on them. And uh, so that really helps. So that's basically the creation of the cube. Um, so I actually have a list here, which Micah I'll send to you. So that way you can post it in the notes for anybody who's curious to see what my list looks like. Um, but with that in mind, um, since I played obviously Midnight Hunt like a ton, and then we're playing Crimson Vow now, I was a lot more familiar with those cards. So what I wanted to do was actually take those concepts um, and make them really the base, and then splash in older cards. And that's basically what I did. So looking at my list, um, unfortunately, I don't think I can break down like the cards. Well, let me see if I go to Advance here. Uh, I could probably go in a deep dive here of like the set stuff, but I would say at least 50% in total is just from Crimson Vow and Midnight Hunt. And then the rest of them are from the other sets. Excuse me. Um, And so I just added in the other cards. I put some of my favorite cards in there. Like I had to get Snapcaster Mage in there because it's like one of my favorite cards of all time in Magic. Um, I have uh, Thing in the Ice in there, another blue card. Um, and then I know I had some other cards in there for sure. Oh, champion, the parish, like just like some of these cards that like I've played throughout the years with, um, and made sure to get some of those in there. Um, what I didn't want to happen though, was I didn't want to have kind of what we've complained about these oppressive cards, which, which card did you call me out for yesterday? Micah? I forgot which one it was. Do you remember? Oh, I made a joke. It was about a uh, blood vial purveyor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the card, the card that won me the run it back. So, so blood vial purveyor may may come out of the cube it is in there right now um what i'm going to do first so, said it just though, by the way. no no i know but it, i mean it, so the in the spirit of this cube i did not want to put in just these devastating bomb cards like uh, caretaker of Aberbrook is not in there uh what's the demon per precursor dread demon? feast demon yeah dread feast demon's not in there uh someone tried someone tried to make an argument that holebreaker horror is fine was it you no i think i think that cards 
Samson. Samson was trying to say that. It, oh, because I have in here in the cube, I have the. Uh, so I have Spirit Away. I don't know if you're familiar with this card, but so I'll go ahead it's and like read you it. Gain control of it and it gets like flying. And stuff. Yeah. So for five blue blue, it's a mind control that you exactly you gain control of that creature and it gets plus two plus two and has flying. Yes, this card is very powerful, but Holebreaker is. I was trying to explain to him that yes, they're the same mana cost. And effectively, they can do. They can have the same effect on the game, but the difference is, Holebreaker is at instant speed, and from then on out, as long as you have interaction, which you can curate with my cube very easily, you're going to control entirely the 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 game for the rest of the way. So I was trying to explain to him in that comparison. Um, so Holebreaker will not be making it into my cube. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I wanted to omit some of those cards. Like even Liliana the Veil, I think, um, is a very powerful card. Um, and it might be too powerful. I do want to add some more uh planeswalkers in here though. I kind of thought about that and I was like, maybe I should put the, like the new the new uh Soren. Even oh, though definitely, how- definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because he like draws and like makes a two three lifelinker flyer, so that's pretty sweet. Um but now that I've kind of talked about it and the spirit of it, what did you think overall? How did you, how did you like, I know we talked about it, but um, maybe just a little more add on. I enjoyed it. I mean, drafting was fun. I'll admit that I don't really like the only other cube. We did a friend of the podcast, uh Sewell's cube a few times. And, but his is more like a straight up. So like, High pat like is it? The- it's a it's a it's basically a power cube. Um, it, it's a power oh, cube. Because- the really really insane high end stuff in it. Yeah, it's so only like- missing um, mana crypt and then the uh, mocks the you know mm-hmm. uh, lotus. Actually, it's not straight up vintage cube. Correct, but it's still powerful. A lot of the cards you see in there that make that. So and uh, every time we do that, I always got my you know what kicked. And so, like doing when we were drafting yours, I was like, man, I don't really know. like. I was like, all right, I know the Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow cards. And I remember the whenever I looked at my first pack, I was like, oh, I didn't know Cavern of Souls was an Innistrad card. <laughs> but uh, so like I ended up like first picking like uh, the five mana werewolf, red werewolf that pings a lot whenever you attack, and then pings for more whenever you flip it. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up just drafting a bunch of lands. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just gonna take all the fixing I can find. But it was like fun, and I think the one thing is like, uh, especially as you curate it more, is like the fun, like the rares that are like fun to play with, that aren't like super oppressive, oppressive. for your opponents. Mm-hmm. And so, like the, the example I gave was like concealing curtains. I just think that's a fun card. Yes, like, like it's like a one drop O four defender that flips into a three four menace, and but then like it allows you to look at your opponent's card. It's not like just like you. You flip it and you get the thought season. It's like you can maybe get rid of a card, but then they get to draw one. Right. And it's like, I feel like it's just like that kind of card is just like a card that ends up being fun to play with. It makes your deck feel like it's stronger. And it makes you feel like you're playing like a higher level of magic than just basic drafting. Right. And, but it's not a card that makes it where it's whenever your opponent plays, it, it makes you feel bad. Yeah. So I was like, actually speaking on like quite a few of those cards. Yeah, speaking on, on that topic of like card power, like power level, um, I was actually really happy to hear like, because, you know, Sewell and, and Shaver can be a little critical sometimes. So it was really cool for them to see. I had a card in there, Spectral Shepherd. I didn't know if you really got to see this card or not, but it's two and a white for a 2 2 spirit with flying. Already great stats, but it has this added activated ability one in a blue return target spirit you control to its owner's hand. Like that card is a powerful card, but it's not like busted, but it does some really crazy cool things. And so like when Shaver saw it, it was like, Oh, I didn't realize this is a thing or whatever. And then it got past the soul. He's like, Oh yeah, this is like really cool. Like it was kind of cool to hear them like see what I was trying to do. And so kind of going, harking back to also what you were saying about a higher level of magic. That's kind of what I wanted to incorporate with gameplay. So I felt like midnight hunt, had great gameplay, but the draft experience was a little on tracks almost all the time. And Crimson Val had all the cool, flashy, big stuff and has a lot of cool synergy, but it was, you know, and so the draft was great. But then when you got into the gameplay, 
you know, we're running into bombs that just, you know, win the game. So I really wanted to kind of marry the spirit of those two together by incorporating some of the older stuff. And so, um, yeah, I know you don't cube a lot. What did you think of just like your initial, if you only played it this one time, dropped it this one time, where would it have stacked in your ranking of, cause I know AFR is your favorites. I'm not sure I know what your second favorite is, but I'm assuming it might be Midnight Hunt is your second favorite draft format. Or no, Crimson. Crimson. I actually enjoyed Crimson. I know, I know, like, I feel like I could confidently say objectively, it wasn't on the whole as a polished, limited experience as Midnight Hunt Mm -hmm. because, like, the bombs but the bombs made it kind of exciting it's like mm-hmm. all right what well, first off it's like all right what am i gonna open what am i gonna get to play with today right but then also it's like all right or am i gonna have to go up against this right. game or whatever but yeah afr is probably my is my favorite limited set uh of the year and i the more i think i probably go call time too okay and the industry ones are quickly becoming probably interchangeable i ended up playing more crimson valve than i did midnight hunt but right they're more kind of more interchangeable to me so so strict saving can get out of here <laughs> but uh for your cube i mean i thought obviously you'd probably i'd want to play it more sure but i'd say like and this would be like it's just like doing like the crimson vow and midnight hunt drafts just better mm-hmm. so and um Obviously, I haven't played it only the one time, but uh, the I just re- the best part about draft to me is getting to play with certain cards, mm. and the the cards that you put into your cube, I think, really reflect that fun yeah. of like trying to open them. Okay, because I I ended up, my my the deck I made was I probably made the probably the worst deck in, in terms of synergy. Uh, is well, I don't know. I had some. I don't think it was that spawning and I thought yours was great actually like when I saw it when you passed it to me I was like oh man like this is three color like like it's like a yeah it's like Jun mid range and that's that's why I said I don't even have a lot of synergy Mm -hmm. like I like but I have like a bunch of just strong mid range cards right like I picked that werewolf number one and then I um I had concealing curtains in my deck and but then I ended up uh like I picked up like spider spawning noted <laughs> anistrad limited card yeah uh, mega bomb. I, I like second last picked a rise of the ants that really felt fun to me yeah um and then i like diagraph rebirth so i get like, some of these like flashback cards but i didn't like i picked up like a mulch and i had old rut scene in my deck uh but i didn't really like playing like a like the black green self mill for like, creatures and stuff that you put into the cube mm-hmm. but i just like a bunch of like just like strong mid-rangey cards and um it's about like i was looking at like samson's deck i was like dang yeah. he has a really high synergy deck and and um and even uh like when i played tony like he's like had like all these spirits and made them like mass pump them mentor the meek is that an innistrad card yeah mentor is uh, the original innistrad but so then um Y'all like double checking. You're like, (laughs) it's like, because I don't know why I thought that came out in like N19 or something like that, but um, it did. How little, because I've only been playing like really getting into playing magic for like the past two years. Yeah. But um, I forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. Oh, we were Uh, talking about your, where you ranked it at as far as like drafts, like, so if far as number one, it sounds like it might have slid in number I, two. And like I said, it's initial. So if I if I feel like if I played it more, it would it would be number one pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Just because like in terms of like the, I've only played two cubes. I played your cube and then tools, but mm-hmm. it's like tools. I had no idea what I was doing, and then everyone pulls off this de- degenerate stuff and just kicks me up and down the sh- the card shop. Right. Whereas like with yours, I feel like I had a better idea of like. I knew more of the cards. I knew what I was doing. Uh, synergies, etc. So I feel like if I played more, it'd be number one. In ter- if, we're, if it was its own thing in terms uh, that like, occurred this year. Right. But uh, I just, ha- you just have to play it more. 
Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to keep trying to convince you to come play some more. That's for damn sure. Just do it earlier. <laughs> I know. It's just so hard. Like, because most draft. Lunch, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whew. It takes an hour just to get it set up, let alone draft it. Um, well, thanks for your feedback for sure. Thank you again for drafting it yesterday. Um, no, I'm I'm super excited about this. I don't know how many times I'll get to crack it out, but it's basically solidified that it's going. This is my cube from here on out. Um, uh, because I've been, I mean, I've done, I made a cube way back when, and it just sat in the box forever. And I never wanted to pull it out because it was, I was always kind of tinkering with it or whatever. It was just like an amalgamation of cards that I had. Then I did the Changeling Kaldheim cube, which um, ended up finding out that making it snow dependent really made it limited in what I could do with it. Like it basically, I think it almost relied on having an eight man draft for that cube um, simply because again, the way the, the synergies worked out, you just had to have snow and you had to make snow decisions and it just didn't feel that great on top of, I had way too many cards and so then when I ran into Wilson, uh, a new friend of ours, you know, he's been coming to juniors for like eight months, nine months, whatever it's been now. And then of course, Chris Donnell um, has had as a big shout out to him as well. He's really helped me as well. Try to curate this and give me some great ideas. Um, yeah. I moved into this Innistrad cube and, and finding uh, cube Cobra really helped me visually see this. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what, how much more I can, you know, curate this and take it to the next level. I really want this to be an amazing draft experience. And like I said, something that everyone, you know, if anyone else wants these type of ideas, uh, I'll have Micah put in the show notes so you can just see what my cube is looking like and it's a living cube. So it's going to continue to evolve and, and get better. So, um, but yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up the, uh, the untapped, um, for our magic this week. So, uh, Micah, do you want to tell them what fun thing we're doing today? <laughs> All right. To fill out the rest of our time, we're just going to, as we prepare to, uh, I, don't, pro- I don't know, probably not next week, but at some point we're going to do our so long sayonara to uh, Crimson Vow Limited. We already did run it back, um, but now we're going to go ahead and just go ahead and do a, a draft, a premiere draft of Crimson Vow. Uh, and Costa will be uh, our drafting representative. I'll be offering my input. And then we're just going to go ahead and draft a deck and talk about it. Offer more general thoughts on the draft environment as we go through. Sorry, I was, I'm muting myself. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm ready. Yep. Hopefully I don't crash this plane into the Pacific Ocean, but... All right, let's uh, start up a premiere draft. Let's look. Now, here's the first question: Are you going to spend fifteen hundred gems or ten thousand gold? Um, I so Sewell tells me you're always supposed to spend the gold over the gems, but I don't know. I just always have a hard time spending the gold. I don't know why. It's I always spend gold first. Yeah. See, everyone says, "All right, we'll do we'll do gold. We'll see what comes." Because gems are the premier currency. Yeah, that's fair. It's that's hard fair. to get that back then. Gold you get for free, gems. Yeah, you have to work for it. All right, now we're trying to find a draft table, which I actually think this has actually gotten kind of worse since Crimson Vow. Why is that? I don't know. It just seems like I've had to wait a little bit longer to find a draft. Yeah, it's actually fair I don't enough. have any concrete information on that. I feel like more often than not, you, you'll get people who don't ready up also. Once you do find a table, not everyone readies up. And then eventually, um, you have to recycle. As of right now, yeah. we are ten seconds in, and we're waiting for two people. Oh, now we're waiting for one person to ready up. Let's see if this um, Joe Schmo does it. And the thing is, you don't get to see the like usernames of your uh, fellow draftees anymore. Oh, you do. Like in the very oh, beginning. No, wait, wait. In the very beginning. Oh, only at the beginning. So that... Yeah, because see, now you can't. Oh wait. Oh, wait. oh yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay, so they brought that back for a, forever. It's like you didn't get to see anyone's name. They all had like this faceless blank uh doohickey but now all right so let's get in this pack uh so the rare is a hopeful initiate the one to a training one mana there's also a bramble worm that coast says pre-queued up as the pick <laughs> the other uh uncommons are Sigardian paladin not a big fan of that one myself hmm. twin blade geist cards okay among the commons uh there's the beautiful bear diagraph scavenger 
And like Gift of Fangs, there's a rural recruit. Pyre Spawn's actually getting pretty good. Repository Scott. But yeah, I think you're right. Ramblerworm's the pick here. It's the card that's most likely to win you the game. Card has done all the cards in this pack. Card's done some work. Yeah. I um the other card that I would look at is like between Twinblade Geist and Diagraph Scavenger. Now, if I was already in like the training deck, then Hopeful Initiate goes way up because it's a one drop. Then you go into your two drop and then it trains is like real nice. But uh, yeah, Bramble Worms is a pick here for sure. All right, we got past another rare. Sadly, it's a land though. It's the Dream. What's it called? Dream what? Cascade? Dream Root Cascade. Yeah. Dream Root Cascade. There's also Lamont Ravager, an Ancient Tumbleworm uh adamant will cruel witness there's a hook hand mariner the costa has pre-queued up ancient lumber none what are you thinking there so i have really been excited about the big butts decks and um i've noticed that sometimes you get to wheel like several of the uh gluttonous guest which is a really nice addition and like i think like i said like for other people they just don't look at it the same way i do um I think the right pick, um, you know, there's a cruel innocent here. The Lampholt, the Lampholt recanter is really powerful. It might just um, be Hookhand Mariner though. And Hookhand Mariner. I'm gonna actually. I know I should take the Mariner, but I want to see if, where we can get with the green black here. Um, From one four mana four four to another. Yes, and Mariners I do see a lot, which we, we got, got a nice pass another rare, and it's a very nice payoff rare. Do you want to? Tell them this one. Yeah, we, we got Hive Heart Shaman, the four mana three five. Though in attacks, you get to find a basic that you don't currently have. You can pay six mana to make uh, either like a three three or a four four. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, it's really strong. I'm just really surprised this is packed pick three that this has made it this far. So there's there some must no- have been something really. There's been some really good like removal or something. Uh, there's still all three uncommons too. Yes, and it's so, Wolfkin Outcast, which is really strong. There's a Sigarda's Imprisonment in here still. There's chill a Chill of the Fountain. Grave in this pack. There's a, a Trent of Sharpshooter. Even Sanguine uh, Statuette. So there's some good stuff in here. So I wonder if there was like an Abraid, like a Bleed Dry or something in this mm-hmm. pack. Because I just don't understand. I don't think there's any comments I would personally, not even Beautiful Bear I would take over High Heart Shaman. Yeah. This, card, this, this is a card that will just win you the game on its own. Right, it's one of those bombs we've been talking about. All right, we got a Panic Bystander in the next pack, Undead Butler. Heron of Hope is good, but I'm seeing this Hook Hand Mariner, and this is looking like the pick for me. That's kind of where I want to be at, too. I mean, we are kind of high, and there's an argument that I actually want the Undead Butler um, because it does bring a creature back. But with that being said, I mean, it's not wrong to take the Mariner here. I just um, never been excited to play Undead Butler myself. Yeah, the problem, I was in my cube deck last night though. Yeah, like like it does some good things, but just not enough sometimes. Oh my gosh, we are mono four drops because in this next pack, there's a gutter skulker there. There's nothing else. There's a lantern bear, chill the grave. Blue actually seems kind of open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's all, a beautiful bear, the diagraph scavenger. Yeah. Um, I think it's the pick. We now have four four drops and a seven. There is there is a slight possibility, however, that I am looking at the lantern bearer here because mm-hmm. the blue does stay open. Um, and we lantern have over gutter scorer. It's because we're already like our green cards are where we want to be in green one hundred percent, and we don't know if we want to be in black. So as funny enough, I'm actually well, and we the, actually kind of want to be three colors now with hive heart shaman yeah i think i'll take the lantern bearer here it feels a little off because i've never played green blue but um well you know we got lucked out because now that we're three colors we really want our one of our favorite commons and so that's weaver blossoms and we got one here uh running out the pack there's a dawn heart disciple we're not humans there's traveling minister which is a great common it is amazing uh, there's also a griff rider but we're not white and there's also a the signal and such net I was going to say the big old Kraken boy. Oh, Dreadlight Monstrosity. The crab whore. But, yeah. Oh, there's a crab whore. Uh, hmm. This pack is not very exciting. Uh, we have Cartographer's Survey, another monstrosity. A Doom to Center, Undying Malice. A Millipede and a Sheltering Bows. Uh, we have a Felconrath Celebrants super late. Like this card, I'm oh, super true. high on the card. That. I am actually going to take this card uh, because we are committed to green and nothing else here. Um, That's true. And I like I like that card quite a bit. All right, next pack we have a 
Desperate Farmer. We have a big Wolfie Boy and Flourishing Hunter. Costas really wants to take this card draw spell, but everyone knows how I feel about card draw spells in Limited. It's wrong. It's it's a Flourishing Hunter, but we have Chill the Grave and Thirst for Discovery. I'm just like, oh, man. Uh, but it's Flourishing Hunter, like, 100% here. I thought there could have been an argument for Desperate Farmer, but for I feel like because we know we're green, we'll just green we want to cut off the signal. Green. We want to cut off the signal per yard, for sure. All right. Our pack that wield, we have a shield basher. <laughs> That's funny. We also have Roll Recruit, uh, Ragged Recluse, and Doom to Center. We also have the Repository Scob. There's nothing we'd want to sacrifice for it, though. I think I'll just take the Doom to Center here. Um, it's not the first two drop. Want. All right. Next pack the Hook Hand Mariner Wield. Now, there is. Voldaren Epicure and Reckless Impulse. We already have a Mariner, but like I said, we're not committed to playing this Lumbernaut. Maybe we'll just take the Hookay Mariner. I'm a fan of that in that situation just because that's a card that can actually just win the game on its own. Correct. 6-4 that can be blocked by power 2 or less is really strong. Uh, The Apprentice Sharpshooter also wield. That's another really strong common. 1-4-3. And a Chill of the Grave. Also got there. All right, we got a lot of Draft Chaff. Uh, My Leech Goal might be the Mm-hmm. Well, most likely to play is still because the two mana two two fell off the curve. Syncopate in an Epicure. Coast is picking up the Epicure here because we might be red. And then Blood Betrayal rounds out our first pack. Oh, and we are rewarded because our pack <laughs> two rare is Halana and Elena, friend of the podcast partners. Uh, really strong rare bomb. Uh, rounding out the pack, we have a Lunar Rejection, which is good. Blood Craze Socialite which is good. Desperate Farmer, Gluttonous Geist. The Kessig Flame Breather has actually been pretty good. Uh, Witch's Web, we don't really have any interaction. There's nope. a bunch of huge dorky creatures at this point, but we're going to take this card that's just going to win us some games. Yeah, the the things I'm hoping to wheel now, even though you're not that big a fan of it, I'm actually... Oh, come on! <laughs> I know, I want the Voltaic Visionary. That that 3-1, it... it if you get it in early, it's doing a lot of damage. So I do like that card a little more than I did initially. Woo! All right, next pack we got a lot of red. Yeah. We got Flame Blast Bolt, Last Rate Flesh, another Kessig Flame Breather. We got an Alluring Suitor and Markov Retribution at Uncommon. There's also a Blood Petal Celebrant, which is really good. Mm-hmm. And Black, because it's looking like we're going to be Jun. There's a Desperate Farmer and then a Shoulder Bow is in green. Uh, farmer is probably if we're black, but we're not necessarily, but we're just going to. We were just talking about how we have no interaction. So we're going to pick up a removal. We're going to pick up Flameless Bolt, really valuing that exile effect. And so what I'm looking for here now, um, at least my strategy going forward now, is I want to for sure lock up green. And I think I actually want to lock up red pretty hard now because we have Holana and Elena. And if we do stay in Jun, that's fine. Like we'll look for, um, you know, it's kind of hard because Bleed Dry is not a card that I particularly want to splash um but if we get into a point where we do then we will have the opportunity to do that all right next pack we see a ballista watcher strong red card there's a blood type uh harvester but we're not really in vampires there's another blood craze socialite which is good there's a fearful villager which is all right and there's also a sporebeck wolf who and a show up our two drop slot but ballista watcher is yet another four drop Mm. that can just win us the game so we're going to go ahead and scoop that up in our mono four drop deck so i want to i want to actually wheel a feel either this fearful villager actually i want this more than the sporeback wolf so what i'm going to do is i'm going to take the ballista going to get out the black for now and just start looking at what red green is looking like since we're hitting those kind of notes well all right uh next pack we see a rending flame strong interaction there's also a beautiful bear but we might not be in black anymore there's also another falconroth celebrant and another hook hand mirror as well as another sporeback wolf yeah but we really need that interaction so we're going to scoop up this rending flame one of the best removals in the format i'm really glad i picked up that falconroth celebrants and saw kind of the cue that maybe red is just not valued right now uh, because now having that blood later on is going to be very nice that's why you're a better drafter than me. All right, next pack, Sometimes. we see a Lunar Rejection. Uh, there's a Rot Tide Gargantua, not really exciting. But I'm seeing this Reckless Impulse. We need something I, in our two-drop slot. I'm seeing it too. However, we have to remember that it's not really a two-drop card 
or like a turn three thing right and because we're starting to stack up on the fours pretty hard i'm actually kind of on the nature's embrace here um i think i will take the impulse because i think actually you know i think it's just more important that i get this i've already seen a reckless impulse i'm still trying to cut off the green signal um we scooped up that nature's embrace yeah all right next up we see gutter skulker we're not in blue there's a doom to center specimen gargantuan we're not in that and then in red there's a lightning wolf a pyre spawn and a weary prisoner nothing really exciting there's a just more four drops basically yeah i'm just gonna put the weary in the board (laughs) next up we see a kessig flame breather and another hook hammer and we could have had like five of those by now yeah and then the rest are just other just like vampires kiss in black and then some blue and white cards gonna have to take the two drop there right we got the flame breather in our deck next up we see a lot of red uh, there's a blood pill celebrant. There's also another Falcon Ross celebrant as well as another reckless impulse. So that should be a lot more confidence that we might be able to wheel that other reckless impulse, but we scooped up the blood pill celebrant to fill our two drop slot. Costa got this jank, uh, horrible card that he really wanted to wheel. It wheeled. It probably wheeled because it's a horrible magic card, but we were scooping up that Voltaic visionary. Next up, we have another four red cards. Boy, you call it Costa red was open. There's an alluring suitor, Markov retribution, another blood pill celebrant and a Kessig flame breather. He is queuing up the alluring suitor, strongest card in a vacuum. He also wheeled that fearful villager that he was really looking to wheel. I really feel like I'm like commentating some sort of like sporting event. I kind of like it. Well, we're at the point now where it's it's rapidly right. three cards. Going. No, we're playing any of these. We have an end of festivities and a frenzy devils. Uh, then this stupid anger card that Tree and Coz tried to convince me was good whenever we did the limited primer episode. Uh, we're now waiting for our last pick. Uh, this homie with a Teferi avatar is taking forever. Longer than us. Uh, <laughs> it's two cards, man. All right, we're super to the Molchless pick. We're not going to run it. Oh, Our rare is Thalia, but our true rare is a Dormant Grove. There's also another Ancient Lumber Knot in the pack. There's also a Fell Stinger, Massive Might, and Lightning Wolf in our colors. But yeah. that's it. We're going to scoop up this Dormant Grove because, by golly, best card in the format better than all it's better than talks for i think in my honest opinion uh i'm just kidding because i don't have an aneurysm <laughs> um all right next pack we have a diagraph scavenger there's also a grizzly ritual in black we're not really in black and we're trying to stay in this gruel colors uh costa is actually looking at his deck stats so i can't actually see the rest of the cards in the pack oh we have a classic flame breather that's another two drop it there's is. also lady rest a card that costa is real big fan of but we're not really in humans or plus one plus one counters we have a dormant growth uh, but you don't even want to play another card that only synergizes with one other card in your deck. So I'm thinking the uh, Kessig Flame Breather here. There's also a Ceremonial Knife, because it's a big fan of the blood. I think I'm going to take the blood here. You pick up the Ceremonial Knife. There's a Spiked Ripsong. <laughs> it's also in this pack. Uh, uh, there's a Sporeback Wolf, a Daybreak Combatants, and a Belligerent Guest. It's also Hero's Downfall, which would have been nice to have gotten if we could have somehow made the splash, but we're kind of deep there um so let's see five to 16 i kind of want the massive might or the spore back here um the problem is the spore back doesn't block very well i'm almost on the massive might for the interaction but let's just take the spore back and see where we go i was gonna say you can massive might your Helena and lena pre-combat and get four plus one plus one counters all mm-hmm. right next pack we see a lacerate flesh there's also a rural recruit, uh, apprentice sharpshooter. In black, there is an innocent traveler. I'm actually not as high on that one. Mm-hmm. So it's a very strong limited card, but I'm not. Um, That's a great splash cards. card. <laughs> Markov Walter. Markov Walter. Really pump your team, attacking, flying with haste. But Costa has this queued up last rate fleshes. We're really focusing on interactions. We have our win conditions. We're just trying to interact with our opponent and get there. All right, next pack. We see an instant investigators journal uh that's actually a really interesting pickup here it's a colorless artifact because you put your cursor on it real fast yes sir that's the one that uh, enters with a number of suspect counters equal to the greatest number of creatures you control you can pay to remove a counter from it and draw a card and then you can actually sack it because it is an artifact clue card which i didn't notice until like five weeks into the format so we're going to pick up this rare to really fill our two drop slot maybe draw some cards I really want to play. You know, it's a rare this late. Next up, we have another one of Costa's garbage Voltaic Visionaries. There's also a Falconrath Celebrant, which I, I'd probably pick up here just because it's a really strong five drop. And 
it is a strong five drop. So hear me out. The reason why I want this over the five drop is because we have Holana, we have Dormant Grove, and those two things make everything now very strong. And so the celebrants are less important. Like I want to make sure that I have things to trade with down low and be able to stabilize to get higher into this mid range stuff. Well, all right. Next pack. Here's a blood hypnotist. We have some blood. There's also a Keswick flame, but there's also a wedding invitation. The rest are just some white and blue cards. I think I'm going to just put the blood hypnotist on the board. All right. We got that. Our sideboard. There's a very late skull scab. If you want to pivot into blue black exploit with uh, eight picks to go no not less than that there's like six or there's six picks to go there's also another very late lacerate flesh there's also a bramble armor also known as the worst card in limited ever um i know there's one situation where it would have come in handy i think when because was doing a draft we have a second lacerate flesh the ancient lumber knot from our original pack three has wheeled but we're not doing that he's scooping that up for more vault progress uh there's a dreadfwake actually run that in a standard deck has actually been playing pretty well but he's also scooping at this wedding invitation putting into his sideboard the spiked ripsaw has wheeled very syn- strong synergy with halana and lena gets you more plus one plus one counters uh that's going into the sideboard there's a late wandering mind do we pivot into blue red or do we just splash it for the wandering mind the <laughs> it's unlikely he's putting this crushing canopy into his sideboard uh lightning wolf is wheeled uh, also known as raiku uh lightning dog pokemon uh there you go for all those fans out there uh we we're waiting for our last pick yet again i don't know why everyone's taking forever and there's only two cards another crushing canopy see coast i told you should have picked the other card but you picked the crushing canopy uh you got one your last pack all right so that does it for the draft uh we had to build this deck we're currently at 43 cards gotta make some cuts here or do we just run or coast here man do we just run 14 lands I was going to say, if, yeah, we just cut out the three lands and we'll be juicy here. So um, good game, everyone. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> actually looking at the deck, <clears throat> automatically what I want to do, I have access to blood. Um, not a lot, but I have the Celebrants, I have the Voldaren Epicure, and I have one Falkenroth Celebrants, which Micah may be right that maybe I'm one or the other, but I just think I have different ways of evasion and i want the creatures to pump up here so i'm going to cut out the knife right now the flame breather and i am probably oof. so this is a tough one here um i want that swamp just because oh that's right we have hive heart shaman in the day <laughs> mm-hmm. so i think for sure i'm gonna add then the swamp for now because i think that's worth it even if you don't run any black cards i totally agree there now hear me out do we run a plains and an island too no (laughs) (laughs) that is going to really hurt us the now we could maybe if we're going to put the lantern bearer in and put the island but i just don't think lantern bearer is worth it right like there's a consideration there um i am however have really been liking the 41 card special that you and Wilson have been getting me to get into. I'm almost tempted to run the 41 card special. What are you thinking here, Micah? All right. Here's what I'm thinking. You cut a voltaic visionary, put the knife back in. That's where you're, where you're at with it. Cause I, I, cause I kind of want, I almost want to run spiked ripsaw. Cause I honestly think suiting up Holon and Elena with an equipment and getting even more plus one plus one counters is really freaking awesome. But uh, I know that might be a, teensy bit of magical christmas land i mean it's a two card synergy but also the knife isn't just necessarily dead in your deck like putting it on a celebrant and then you have a three one first striker i feel like that's pretty good or putting on spurback wolf and you attack as a three four it's pretty good hmm. uh and then you have fearful villager has menace alluring suitor does it have menace on the front i'm not sure for which one but also you um i don't know if you necessarily want nature's embrace in this deck uh Hmm. not splashing anymore i kind of understood you want to like guarantee that you hit four mana we're just so we're just so high hard we're just so high up here remember so the nature's embrace you plays, also want to hit brambleworm too that's right right and it plays two roles it either ramps us or you put it on helena and elena correct it does have that and that's that might be more mid- magical christmas land but the idea of getting up here to make sure we're always playing these big cards versus like 
we have to have this and then a creature. The other reason why I don't want to take out, I know you don't like this card that much, but the reason why I don't want to take out another creature and put back the knife in is we have Dormant Grove and Halana and Elena, which means we want to have. creatures are you at right now in the deck? We're at 17 creatures to seven non-creatures. So if we shorten that up, then we're less likely to have a creature to hit targets with those cards. I think at 15, you're extremely likely to hit. It's not like you're going down to like 12. I think going down to 16 is fine. And I feel like the, the synergistic upside is better. I also have this journal, which I really want to make sure I have a really high density of creatures. And I think that the non-creatures, I, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing it out. I just don't know. I just think that you might hate this card a little too much. And I'm not looking for it to flip. I'm more looking at it as a 3-1 that that'll get in some damage. And there's a lot of things that stonewall it in this format. I understand that too, but I feel like I'm much rather, I think we're kind of aggressive here in some ways. Like we're like this, we have a way to be aggressive since we have alluring suitor. We have a fearful villager, which can flip and have menace. And we have some good removal on the low and on the high end that keeping the pressure is kind of where we're at with it. Cause Halana and Helena also turn those into some threats and then the Mariners flip and our, you know, the little can't stop it anymore. Um, so it's just kind of little what? Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> little stuff can't. Dang it. Now I have to go in and edit. Uh, doing so good. I know. Uh, it's been approximately 108 days since our last incident. Uh, all right. Can you just I'm just going to like out? mute that part and then uh, like leave it in. Start leaving this banter. Yeah. Like all that. right. So we're at the 41 card special uh costa i feel like if if you would agree with me if like if we're being objectively correct if we're going just the 40 cards uh you probably if you're going to cut one card from the deck, i think one voltaic visionary would be the cut i think i could get down with that yeah i think right. that that's probably objectively correct all right as costa fixes his preferred lands i'm gonna go through the deck real fast so in the one drop slot we have a flame blessed bolt and a voldaren darren voldaren epicure Tarn Tutin. In the two drop slot, we have a Blood Petal Celebrant and two Voltaic Visionaries, along with a Sporeback Wolf and an Investigator's Journal. And then in the threes, we have an Alluring Suitor, a Fearful Villager, a Rending Flame, an Apprentice Sharpshooter, a Nature's Embrace, and everyone's favorite Weaver of Blossoms. In the four drop slot, we have a Ballista Watcher, uh, everyone's favorite Dormant Grove, a Hive Heart Shaman, two Hook Hand Mariners, and Halana and Elena, Friends of the Podcast Partners. Then we have Falcon Roth Celebrants and two Lacerate Flush in our five drop slot. And then in our six and above, we have a Flourishing Hunter and a Bramble Worm. In our lands, we're running eight forests, eight mountains, and a swamp to get value off of our Hive Heart Shaman. That is the official uh, MTG Untapped Crimson Vow Limited deck of the year 2021. I'm pretty, like that. I'm pretty hyped about this deck. I think it looks pretty sweet, honestly. All right. So you just probably um, want to. Once you play it out, post a picture of the results. I'm thinking that uh, depending on how much time we have, we may record it. But if we don't, then I'll just post the results. But uh, we may do a YouTube thing since I've enjoyed having you as my uh, coach in uh, limited uh, format. Draft. Oh, have you then cut the freaking Voltaic Visionary? I said your gameplay, <laughs> your gameplay, sir. <laughs> All right. So I think um, that will do it for this week's main topics. Uh, Costa, do you have any quick picks for the people? I sure do. So let's get into it uh, for the quick picks for this week. So um, kind of forgot what we did last week, but I know we did some picks last week. Uh, so to continue our trend of trying to see into the future, um, Neon Dynasty is coming up. And with that, uh, you know, we might have some ninjas. We might have some samurai. Uh, we don't know the mechanics. But regardless, um, let's go and speculate here. Um, and with my first speculation, this card isn't very uh, expensive, uh, might not even be considered very powerful, but it is a very high ranking in the 100 or 99, I should say, card for Commander. And it's Ninja of the Deep Hours. So uh, I believe it's like a 3-2 for 4 um, with like a Ninjutsu of 4 or something like that. Um, but basically when it connects, you draw a card. Very popular in Commander. It is a ninja. Um, I'm looking at the Time Spiral Retro non-foils because the foils are at $20, and I'm not going to touch that. 
Um, <laughs> so if you want to, I, I mean, you can, uh, $20 might not be bad for a card like this, but, uh, just for the regular time spiral retro non-foils a dollar right now to go to $2. Um, and once again, very popular in commander, regardless if it, uh, is a thing that gets supported from neon dynasty. The second card, uh, is I'm going to butcher this cause I, I don't know if it's Higur, Higur, uh, the still wind. Um, this is from Betrayers of Kamigawa, but I'm looking at the, um, oh, what is this? Plane Chase Anthology copy. Um, so it does have the silver stamp on the bottom. Um, this card is very powerful. In fact, let me read this card because um, both Micah and I did not realize how, what this card was. Um, and it's pretty sweet. So let me pull it up real quick. Okay, so for three blue-blue, you get a 3-4 human ninja legendary creature with a ninjutsu of two blue-blue. For those of you who don't know, uh, ninjutsu is return unblock attacker you control to your hand. Put this card onto the battlefield from your hand, tapped and attacking. Whenever Higur, the still wind, deals combat damage to a player, you may search your library for a ninja card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. If you do, shuffle your library. That is already super awesome. But then just to add in a little more, for two colorless mana or generic mana target ninja creature can't be blocked this turn i think this card is like a must-have if you have a ninja deck uh i don't see this card uh really being reprinted in the main set um it could get it could get either a foil copy um you know some special copy um, actually, no, it wouldn't even get a full copy in a commander product. So the non-foil might be a reprint. The other concern is a secret layer may be included with this card, which is why I'm not really asking you to go for the original foil versions, which are like at 50 bucks. Um, however, that it is the original copy. So they actually still might be a grab at $50. And if they are, if you've seen any of the trends, I know I haven't talked that much finance um, or gone in depth in a while, but a lot of the original cards, like just to put an example um, and I'll ask Micah, since you know, he's still with us here. What do you think an original foil Ravnica dual land goes for? We'll just go steam bins. $20. You're being funny, right? An original. original OG Ravnica. OG Ravnica. Okay, how about this? What if I told you? Let me let me look at what. Let's see. I'll, I'll give you some some uh, contents here. So currently, the Guilds of Ravnica, which is the most recent version, a foil at near mint, the lowest copy is is at twenty six dollars. I know. I missed the foil part. Even though that might still be embarrassing to say twenty, I'll go fifty-seven dollars and twenty-eight cents. Okay, so for the original—oops, and I still didn't click the right one—the original pack foil of Steam Vents foil. Jeez, Louise. The lowest near mint copy right now is three hundred and fifty dollars. What? And a, and as of today, someone bought a LP foil. They bought three of them for $336 a piece. And then yesterday, someone bought a near mint copy for $350. So taking that into consideration, now granted Ravnica duels, OG, they're, they're played in every single thing. So I, I'm not telling you this is going to be a $300 card. What I'm telling you is it could shoot up to a hundred though, especially with the hype. So um, going back to my pick though, I am telling you to just get the non-foil version. Again, you can also take a look at the betrayers and the original plane chase. Um, they're all hovering around $10, but the betrayers uh, of Kamigawa original copy is dry, dried up like real fast. Um, so I'm calling 11 to 15. That's super conservative, by the way. I mean, if we get any kind of inkling that we're going to get ninjutsu and ninjas, like this will be a $20 card pretty quickly, but at least get your own copy, um, for 11 bucks. The last card I got to thank Micah here. 
reminding me about Fallen Shinobi. Uh, this card is an MH1 card. It's really awesome. It's like three blue and a black for, you know, like a three, five or something like that. Um, that gets to, when it connects, it gets to recur uh, a creature from a graveyard um, that also has ninjutsu. Uh, I'm actually calling the foil versions here. Same kind of stipulation here. Um, Secret layer could have a foil version, but I don't think we're going to get any kind of printing whatsoever in Kamigawa. Um, and even if we do, that's why the foils are a lot safer. And they're only 15 bucks right now. So I'd get a $15 copy and I look at look, looking to either keep it or out it at $30. So those are the three picks this week. Um, hopefully next week I'll have some more in-depth. I'm going to maybe do some more digging into the Kamigawa sets uh, to see what kind of gems I can find. Spirits might be a thing to consider because spirits were a big thing in Kamigawa. Of course, they're a little bit different. But um, nonetheless, uh, that is it for this week for my quick picks. Um, as always, uh, we kind of name dropped uh, Junior's Comics already, but I'll go ahead and name drop it again. Please come see us out there. Um, in fact, you can always email us and say, hey, I'm interested to try out your cube. Or I just want a commander with y'all. Whatever it is, um, you can email us there. Uh, but regardless, go check them out. Force Wolf Gaming and Bastrop. Uh, awesome guys out there uh keep they keep growing their inventory uh with not only magic cards but dabbling into sports cards memorabilia stuff like that and of course uh alpha strike uh in san marcus great place i do business with them all the time i order cards all the time they do great in shipping uh they have a great inventory so check them out as well um but with that being said micah i think we're done for today sir that we are. That will do it for this, the 48th episode of the MTG Untapped Podcast. What did you think about what we talked about today? Would you be interested in an Innistrad Cube? What do you think about Crimson Vale Draft? Let us know on Twitter at MTG Untapped Pod or at Facebook at MTG Untapped Podcast. If you have any other ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. Or, you know, let us know what you think about Spider-Man. Let us know that, that too, uh, any of those avenues. And if you'd please stop whatever you're doing and subscribe, rate, and leave us a review, it would be very much appreciated. I forgot to say the words wherever you are listening to this podcast, but I have now said them. But yes, that'll do it for this, the 48th episode of the MTG Untapped Podcast. I have been the Micah signing off for Costa. We will talk to you all next week. Later. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs>